Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. What animal was I most impacted by was the lioness. She moved with such assuredness and confidence that when she walked, she just knew where she was going. The giraffes, yeah, definitely taught me a lot. One of the biggest things was just the taking up space. Take up space, like be yourself, voice what you feel, like listen to your heart, like speak through that. Be careful what you put out in the universe because the universe is listening. Their love of the land and the animals, like you feel that passion. Mm -hmm in their restoration of the land. And this process is important. Like I am not here to bypass it. I'm here to feel it fully. I didn't want to do the retreat. And if I didn't do the retreat, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be who I am in this moment. You can set a boundary with love. A great reminder that we all know this. It just needs to be awoken. Everything you thought was true is not really true. Only when you reach the other side, will you look back and see the poetry and perfection of how the path unfolds. You don't have to know how you're going to get there or achieve it. It's the one track at a time. That aliveness. Like what can you offer for yourself to feel alive? Like what is really our meaning here other than experiencing life? So today is a special day for me. me. I think it will be for you all too because you get to share this really life-changing experience with so many people. And it's my intention for for this podcast was being able to share the medicine that y'all brought back from South Africa with everybody. For the men listening, so they understand what's available to them and to their partners. And for the women more specifically, um, I think what each of you are going to share is really going to resonate and really take them out of how they've been programmed to think. I think you've, you've all had these experiences that you overrode that programming. You trusted something deep, deep inside you that um, maybe for the first time in your life in, in this particular case. And I think that's so powerful when we say yes, when we say yes to what we feel in our heart, in our body, and not what we try to logically understand. And as I was sharing with Peyton yesterday, already, <laughs> I'm so grateful to be able to, uh, to hold space for this, for, for you to have trust in me, to share your story. And uh, it just, it, 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 it means a lot. So for, for those of you listening uh, on the show today is my wife, Peyton. Probably seen her on the show before. She's been on a few times. So thanks for being here, babe. My niece, Lindsay, who's also here, first timer. And one of our dearest friends here in Austin, Maureen Stallo. So thanks for being here, ladies. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Thank you. We'll do the best we can so you can figure out whose voices are what. But um, <laughs> just hang with us. The, 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 the real, the importance here is the message and the medicine. So don't get caught up in who's speaking this time. Just receive. I would love to just start off with how did this trip 
happen in the time of COVID where there were some hoops you have to jump through to, to travel anywhere, let alone South Africa, where there's the South African variant and, and all that. So feel free, maybe uh, Peyton, you start with like, how, how did this trip come to be? Do you, do you want to start with how our connection to Boyd came to be? For those of you who don't know, Boyd Vardy is a close friend of mine. He's been on the show, I think, three times. Only third time guest. How about that, Boyd? Mm. Today, I'm actually wearing, for those of you who are just <laughs> listening, I'm wearing my Londolozy, what'd you call it? Like a guide? Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. Shirt. Oh. Ranger shirt. Uniform. You look very official. Talk you to do. Yes. I am here to just guide. <laughs> guide the tracking here. <laughs> so two years ago, probably about the time this episode is going to come out, it's July of 2019, I felt the call to go to South Africa and join in a men's retreat with five other men that I didn't know, but I'd heard Boyd on a podcast and much like each of you had your own calling, I, I, I need to be in this man's space. There's some medicine here for me. I don't know exactly what it is, but what I got on the podcast was blowing my mind. And I said yes to going there. Since then, Boyd and I have developed a really close relationship to the point where a year ago he came, did a fireside chat with all our friends here in Austin. And then we were, we were fortunate enough to have him come to Austin for the, actually it turned out to be the snowpocalypse. So he got snowed in with us, which was amazing. He was here for a week, was only going to be here for a few days. And in that time, <laughs> we're like, Boyd, what if you took up a residency here and, you know, like a writer or an artist? I was like, dude, I'll totally do that. So he came back for three weeks. And it was during this three-week period. Now, you got to understand for those listening, Boyd is a special human. He, he's a lion tracker by trade. He's also a, a life coach. I don't love the term, but he's, he's a coach, a guide. He's also a medicine man. He's a bit of a shaman. He, he's so much kind of wrapped into one. And he's also a little boy, which we got to really see play out here when he was, was with us. But he had such an impact on, on my entire family. So this is not, not just about me. My kids would not really want someone staying with us for a month. They loved him and love him. And to the point where I'm going to be going with two of my boys to spend uh, some time in South Africa sometime in the next year, which is my boys are really excited about that, as am I. So that's a little bit of context for, for who Boyd is and how he's become truly become a part of our family. So thank you, Peyton, for yeah. that. Yeah, it's yeah. a great prompt. Well, and I love just how mid-podcast, listening to him, you felt the call, stopped listening, booked the trip, came and told me about it later. And, and I think that's what we all experienced in some form or fashion. And I love that it started with you answering the call that you, you had. Um, but I remember the first time I met Boyd when he was at our home a year ago at the fireside chat. I'm saying, oh, the family should come out and visit. And immediately I was like, yeah, on the, on the outside voice. And on the inside, I was terrified. You know, what does that look like? There's wild animals. Are they going to kill my kids? Like all the things kind of came through and I was afraid. Fast forward a year, 
Boyd's here visiting. We're having coffee. Cal and I are in the process of creating a very special place here in Austin to retreat to. And uh, Boyd and I were talking about it and I was picking his brain and getting some inspiration. And all of a sudden I said, Boyd, I need to, I need to go to Mondalozzi in South Africa and um, for some inspiration and to do a site visit, which is like what you go and do prior to bringing a group of people somewhere. And so I wanted inspiration and maybe wanted to bring a group to Londolozi at some point. Um, I said, other people can come and heal and retreat. And, um, and so, yeah, no, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm going to do a site visit. Okay. How's June? Boom. We set the date done. <laughs> I didn't even talk to you. <laughs> and then about 30 minutes later, my dear friend Maureen came in to, um, to see actually one of Boyd's bracelets that inspired us to create something that we're in the midst of working together on. And so she was literally coming because Boyd can't take it off to see a bracelet that he had on his wrist. I'm like, okay, Boyd's here, come see the bracelet and then we'll get a workout in and you know, catch up. So I'm going to hand it over to Maureen because yeah. Maureen comes in after Boyd and I decided I'm going to South Africa for a site visit. Well, and you were so, um, I think you had some real joy in your spontaneity, spontaneity that you were like, I just, I told Cal, like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. I'm going to do a site visit. I'm just going to go. And I was like, awesome. And then we, we started working out. And I think even during the workout, I said, you know, there's just something so inspiring that, um, you know, Cal was able to mid podcast, like just do that. And just, he has the freedom, he has the time, he has the support in your family. Like, I mean, that is just awesome. And so that really was rattling around in my head after the workout. And after I came home and I was like, wait a minute, I have that freedom. I want to go to South Africa. Oh my gosh. And so I text Peyton and I was like, Hey, if you need any help on your site visit, I'm available. And, um, and so then the conversation and she's like, really, are you being serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. And then I was like, and by the way, what's a site visit? (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea what I was helping, but I was in and I was, I was like, this is awesome. I'm, you know, um, but then an an interesting thing happened. And, um, I think for a lot of women, this is, you know, this is how it happens sometimes is that my husband was away. And, um, so I didn't get to experience and share that, you know, this, this transformational, like I'm doing this. So I started talking myself out of it and I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to give up that week's worth of time before Sawyer goes to college and, oh, it's going to be too expensive. And, oh, there's no way that I can do that. And, and so I just, I talked myself out of it in between, you know, the time we talked about it and kind of like the planning process. And then when Ted came home, I, you know, we're sitting outside and I was like, oh, this really cool thing happened. And, you know, Peyton's going to go to South Africa. And I said, I would go and that I wanted to go. And, and then I realized I, I couldn't do that. And he looked at me like dead in the eyes and was like, oh, you're so doing that. <laughs> and I was like, what? 
oh my gosh, like, of course he said that. I mean, of course he, he was supportive and, and wanted me to share in the experience, but that moment of letting the doubt creep in and the, I'm not worthy. I, you know, I'm, it's not a good thing as a mother to be away from your children that long. Like all of those things, you know, it almost knocked me off the course. So, um, so that was pretty powerful. And then later in our conversations, I said, you know, Peyton, if this doesn't happen where I am right now, and just being able to say yes to the ex- experience and, and having Ted hundred percent behind me saying, yes, you need to do this, go for it. That was enough for me. Like, I mean, it, in, I had gained so much just in that tiny little piece, a 10th of what I would later experience. Um, that was pretty significant. That's so, beautiful. Thank you. That's, that's yeah. such a beautiful share. And, and you know, just, just to, to really land it for people. I know Ted really well. And something I posted recently about being your beloved's biggest fan. And if there's anyone who's his beloved's yeah. biggest fan, it's mm-hmm. Ted. And so I told Peyton <laughs> that, you know, she had shared yeah. that you had a little bit of tension around going and, you know, Ted wasn't home. And I go, that, that that's not a question. Right. Like he is whatever, no, no price yeah. too, too much for you to have that experience. Mm-hmm. And so I've loved, I love to see, I've loved to be a part of your, this, transformation that you've been going through and, and just to see him light up talking about how inspired he is by the work that you've been doing oh, on yourself. And, thank you. Yeah. So Lindsay, <laughs> how did you end up in this group? Okay. So now we have a duo going to South Africa <laughs> and I feel like I was there when you got the text. Did so you get out the, I got the text. At the you were in the kitchen with me and I, I was a little stunned by the text. And I read it out loud. Maureen's text to me that she would come with me, um, to help. (laughs) And, um, I read it out loud and I go, like, I could feel that this was different. I'm like, she said that I go, this is different. She's serious. She really wants to go. (laughs) And then all of a sudden Lindsay goes, well, I want to go. I don't know what came in you, but as I said it out loud, you sitting there, something sparked in you. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like Boyd was walking by as you were reading that too. And he was like, eh, this one, uh, I was like permission. And so I was like, yes, but mm-hmm. it was such an easy yes. And mm-hmm. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to just, just for everybody. <laughs> so they're clear. So Lindsay lives here in Austin, spends a lot of time with us. So she spent a, she spent a ton of time in Boyd's energy. So she knows Boyd Mm -hmm. really well as well. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't kind of out of the blue. Yeah. And there was a moment, um, maybe like the day before or two days before where I was sitting outside in one of the lounge chairs and he was taking a break from work and he came over and it's like, you know what? I'm just like really (laughs) such a, whatever. Okay. So I was like, I'm just really craving a trip somewhere, you know, like just like kind of breaking, breaking my current pattern. And like, yeah, I just, you know, not to Maine, like not to my typical places, but just somewhere like new and adventurous. And he was like, you're always welcome in South Africa. And I was like, yeah, like, sure. Yes. Sounds great. Bye. Like thought gone. And so then when that happened, I was like, well, um, Peyton's going, Maureen's going, I love them. I trust them. I trust Boyd. Like it wasn't even like a thought cause it was a feeling for me. Ah. So 
that was so, that's such an incredible feeling to have where there was literally no feelings involved. Like, no, like what if, what if, what if it was just a simple yes. And I'm going. And then, then it just started unfolding. And similar to Maureen, it's like, I started feeling like I was already in the work of the ceremony too, because I hold a lot of fear I have in the past. And my dog is a huge part of my life. And that was like, I didn't really have a whole lot of feelings about leaving him. So that was huge for me. Um, so there was like a lot of fear, like dissipating as we like approached and like zero anxiousness, just I'm going to South Africa next week. I'm going to South Africa in three days. I'm now going today. It's just like, there were no like overwhelming feelings that arose. It was just right. It's the right move. Yeah. And you, and you're not an international traveler. You've been to Mexico (laughs) once or twice with us. And it's like a two hour flight. Yeah. Maybe two hours to Cabo. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to go somewhere, might as well go 25 hours (laughs) away. But it, yeah, it just like didn't, nothing like came up in that realm. It was just like, I'm going, I'm going, there's something special for me in this and I'm going. And that was interesting too. Cause later when, you know, we, we connected again about details and stuff and Peyton said, and, and Lindsay is going to come too. And I was like, oh, I know. I, yeah. I already saw her there. Like I, I like, I knew you were coming. Yeah. Like it hadn't been spoken, but I, in my mind, I'd already seen you there. Yeah. So. That's a, that's a woman's intuition. Yeah. Right yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We were already together. Mm-hmm. It's like we had like created the group already. Yeah. So. And, and then when you got there, you actually got a name for the group. Oh, we did. Yes. I don't even know what day that was. Maybe day that four. Yeah. It, it was, was towards three. the end of our trip. It was. Yeah. So we were there for six nights and quite the story, but we ended up being named the Honey Badgers. Are we telling the story right yeah, now? Yeah. Tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just say it's like night four, because that feels right. And uh, I think it was five. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll say five, five. Night five. Mm-hmm. Um, well, prior to the honey being named the honey badgers, we had been on the move to track these lions. Like whatever pride we can track, we wanted to track. And something was like, I was just feeling so called to the lions. I would not drop it. And it wasn't like a, if we don't find them, I'm not going to have a good trip. It was just like, I'm committed and I know they're here and we're going to find them. Mm-hmm. I will track them. Yes. <laughs> and so we were just kind of doing our thing. Hold on. Let me think about this, how this went. Um, we're like doing our thing. We're like going through, like trying to figure it out. Meanwhile, like the lions had kept crossing over into a different game reserve. So we would drive that boundary line. It was an invisible boundary line. And we would just be like, oh, the tracks went back over. So we're like, okay, next time. So eventually we end up getting word that they're in some area. And so as we're going, um, Andrea and Sersant were our guides and they were, I can't go there because they were so (laughs) special for me. Um, we may, we may go there later. later. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're, we're I can't be the only one tearing up today. (laughs) So we're going and they turn into this like long grassed area and we're just like, they had a feeling and it was so magnificent to be in that presence Mm -hmm. of them. Um, just knowing Mm -hmm. and they pull in and because there were, there were no tracks, there there were no tracks going into that in the tall grass, which Mm -hmm. oftentimes like Lions, especially during the day, they said they lay, they're napping. And so you just will not see them if they're in the tall grass. Nope. You don't right. see them. That's why you don't go for a jog. Yeah. Yeah. Out in the bush. They yeah. were just you like, don't see them. They're in this area and we're like, okay, so we're going. And all of a sudden they pull into the long grass 
And here they are five, like one pride, just five male lions and one lioness. And we were like, oh my gosh, we're here. Like we, we found them. And they were snuggling. So, mm-hmm. They were snuggling. Oh, gosh. How the did two we put brothers. A- oh my God. They were all snuggling, going like, like oh, going like this. Just the pot. I mean, how do we put a photo in the show notes? We'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 So- yeah. <laughs> yes. You'll figure it out. You're good at yeah. that. So anywho, we're like just literally sitting, doing absolutely nothing, but like taking in all of their power and all of their magnificence. And so it was just like a wonderful hour of just staring. And so eventually we like hit the road, right? We're like, let's go home. It's like getting dark, yada, yada. And so like a few things happened in between them, but let's just say we're on our way home and Andrea starts freaking out at a skunk. Well, these three American girls were like, this is a skunk. <laughs> this like, is cool. Like, we could get with it. Yeah. Exciting we can, that something yeah. special. What is yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. We're like, okay, we'll hop on the joy train. Like, yeah. yeah woohoo, skunks. But, but he's like, <sighs> Turn on the video, turn on the video, yeah. video, video. And he's grabs so his I'm behind his him and Peyton's behind me. And I was, I've never fumbled so hard. Like I'm always on it. I'm like, I got the photo, I got the videos, I'm good. And I literally picked up my phone. I was like, I don't know what to do. Press that button. Yeah. And so I started videoing. And soon we realized after they like were stuttering over and over, they couldn't even spit it out. It was so much, so exciting that it was three honey badgers and they're so incredibly rare to come across. And not only did we come across those three, but one was like heading for us, like wanted to get in the car with us. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly dangerous. We soon realized also. <laughs> we didn't know this. They could take out they anything. They look like skunks for us. We're like, oh, yeah. hi, you're so cute. In like okay. the size of a normal size skunk. Yeah. Or bigger. yeah. Oh. And it is coming over to us. And he was like, keep videoing and everyone's yelling at me to video. And I'm like, God, it's on. I hit record, I think. And then Lindsay's like, wait, are they dangerous? <laughs> I did in the like, video. They look so cute. And they're like, it looks like it's about yeah. to crawl in the, the yeah, Jeep with like, us, you know, which we're like, oh, and Lindsay's like, wait, is that dangerous? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. With he, this cute accent. Oh yeah. Just so over the moon. And so that happens. Y'all chip in too. Like, this is just my experience with it. Um, and so it starts to go away, yada, yada. And we like kind of trail them a little bit and it goes back in the bush and then it comes out again at us. And we're like, what is happening? Like this rare species is not only in our presence, but like wants to be in it is like coming towards us two different times. So we went to a fire later that night and Bronwyn, right? Bronwyn mm-hmm. named us the honey badgers. Cause there were three of them and there were three of us. And it was so rare. Even like Andrea was like, um, walkie talkie talking, uh, one of the, yeah, one of the owners. And he's like, he's like, couldn't even speak. He's like three, ah, uh, ah, uh, honey badgers. We got three honey badgers. And, um, the man responded, he's like, Andrea, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all like, he's wow. Like, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I got a video. I got a video. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I got a video to prove it. I was like, it's three minutes. We got this. I think, so, I think that the other part that, that brought us so much joy was that, I mean, it was cool that we were seeing this honey badger and that it was rare and that, you know, apparently part of their lure is that they're fearless. Mm. And so that was another reason that, you know, we got this nickname that yeah. we were at the three honey badgers because we were fearless and we were yeah. there and we were experiencing it. But for me personally, and I think for y'all too, the joy came in in watching Andrea mm. and Sir Sant. Mm-hmm. 
and they're just, they were so, they couldn't believe it. They were mm-hmm. high-fiving. They were giggling like little boys. Like they could not believe that they were seeing the three honey badgers. And so then that's when it clicked in for me that like, wow, this is super cool and rare. Um, yeah, we just saw Pride of Lion and that was awesome. But for for some reason, this skunk is really important, you know? So it was their joy, I think, yeah. that that really made it special. Yeah, we totally piggyback. Yeah, and I, and I think I think that's such an, like, they're on game drives yeah. every day for years. <clears throat> and when they have that experience, yeah. it's game changing. I We had a similar experience when when we were there where we were with, uh, if, if y'all haven't read Boyd's book, uh, The Lion Tracker's Guide to Life, get it, it's amazing. But he references uh, his two tracking brothers, Rainius and Alex. Mm-hmm. And so they were with us on the retreat. And they've been together for 20 years. Rainius was tracking a lion that literally there were no prints left. But what he did is he literally, and this is what Rainius does, he embodied the cadence of the lion and got literally got into the body and lo and behold, he found it. And when he did, he surprised himself, Mm. which he doesn't do. And he went and he grabbed Alex and picked him up and hugged him. Mm. And Alex later told us, he goes, he's never done that to me Mm. in 20 years. He's never done that. And to be able to witness that experience, Mm -hmm. like you did, it's like, this is so special. This is someone, a master of their craft, mm-hmm. surprising themselves. And right. just to be a party to that is mm-hmm. so cool. But yeah. this brings up, I wanted to ask you all, like, you've got this, this, this teaching of fearlessness from the honey badger. Were there, was there anything else? Were there, what did the animals teach you when you were there? Is there anybody that feels called to, hey, what do you got for us? <laughs> I'm, I, I think I'm going to hand it over to them. Um, but I will say that, so... We took a couple of days to settle in and go on, on rides. Um, and then knowing Boyd, um, and him knowing that we wanted this trip to be very intentional. Um, we also did some work with Boyd, his sister Bronwyn, um, in the healing house and all of their lovely facilitators as well. And so after two nights, we did an opening ceremony. Um, so we were also doing some, some body work and, um, discussions to add to our experience of tracking. So you're not just animals. hopping on the Land Rover, checking out yeah. some animals. So, um, the one thing that he brought to our attention in the opening ceremony was when you, when you come to these animals, ask them what they're here to teach you, ask them why they're there in this moment before you. And so that really kind of gave us that lens and attention um, and openness to ask those questions of all the animals. Um, so, and then they also asked, what, what is the animal you would most like to see? The trackers had, <laughs> had asked what, that you would most like to see. And like for me, the elephant was it for me, um, the matriarch. Um, I love the mother consciousness that the elephants have from what I had read about. And I wanted to be in their presence and feel that. Now, what animal was I most impacted by was the lioness. Um, But each one came to give me different messages. What was it about the lioness that spoke to you? 
she moved with such assuredness and confidence and then would come and be very playful and flirty. But when she walked, she, she just knew where she was going. It was went. It was just this, I guess the first word that comes to me is this assuredness. And she just, you could feel her presence and beauty and just and tender and all of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think resonate. Well, I'll let you share your experience. So, um, like that, she hit me to my core. So how, how do you intend on bringing that medicine back here for you? That was the, when Boyd and Bronwyn asked us, what do we want to bring back with us? Mine was the assuredness and confidence and finding my way. Um, and that was, that's what I received from Lioness that day. Well, you're only home three-ish days now. And I, I personally have, have witnessed that. So how, are you feeling like you're stepping into that? I'm feeling more comfortable speaking my needs, desires, and, and not feeling bad about having them. For all of us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Lynn's, what, what, okay. were there any that spoke to you, anything in particular? Yes. A couple, a couple. All right. So my, as I had said earlier, my um, like greatest desire was to come across the lions. And I just, there was, again, it was a knowing. I'm like, there's something about these animals similar to you with um, the elephants is that there's something about a lion that I just knew would take my breath away and teach me so much. And so that was mine. However, you know, life had different plans. So <laughs> we go out on our, I feel like it was our very first morning. Mm-hmm. We go out at about 6 a.m., well, 5.30 a.m., wake up, call, we got our coffee delivered. It was the best thing ever. Um, there, by the way, yeah, you're not, no. if you go to Londolozzi, uh, they take great you, care yeah, of you. Yeah, you are loved on through and through. And so we'll get more into that. But um, coffee delivered, we wake up, we get ready, we go out at 6 a.m. And so but even before the sun's rising, like it's probably 6.20, 6.30 that the sun rises. They're in their winter. So we're out and about. We're just going, you know, we're kind of like, just waking up too. We're like, okay, we're cozied up. We've got our hot water bottle and we're just out and about. We're like, you know, I'm this, I was the scanner. I realized that I was like tracker number two. So we had Andrea and then we had Sersan and then me, you know, I had us covered. <laughs> she was the spotter. I mean, I mean, seriously, uh-huh. she, she spotted probably the first big three animals. That we yeah, saw. yeah. 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 So, so fun. So I was in the third row, which was up high to begin with. And we're out and about and I'm like, oh, a giraffe. And I was saying it to myself. I was like, that's a giraffe. Like, no, are there giraffes here? Like I was in disbelief. And so I was like, don't say anything. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm swear I'm seeing a giraffe. So I was like, ah, excuse me. I think there's a giraffe over there. And so he's like, oh yeah, that's a giraffe. And so we go over and I'm like, oh, interesting. So we take it in, yada, yada. And then we go back to camp and we're just like resting for like 30 minutes. So I grab the binoculars and where you, you're staying on the reserve. Like you are amongst all the animals. Like the lions can walk up to your place. The hyenas can come to your place. Like the elephants are right out back. And so I picked up the binoculars and I was looking out back, like among, amongst the pool. And 
swear I see a giraffe. And it was like the furthest horizon. Like there's like the horizon, the horizon, you know, and then the furthest away. And I'm like, gosh, I know my eyesight's good, but that's far. And sure enough, it was like, I saw the long neck and then I wouldn't see the long neck. So I'm like, it's not a tree because what's happening is it's going down to eat. So confirmed. And then before we went, so about 45 minutes later, I'm like, I'm going to see if I still see it. And there, I was going to scan and it was like, you know, it's like in the movies when they're like doing something and all of a sudden the person's right there. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, it's closer. So we get in the car and I'm like, okay, I got some serious draft medicine coming my way because it's just, it's literally like there, here, here. You can't, you can't really ignore it at this point. And so we go out. Is this one we came across? Oh my gosh. Yes. We go out to the car and I'm like, oh, there are lots of drafts happening over there. So we go to find them and we come across probably 15, mm-hmm. 20 drafts mm-hmm. in one open space. And so we get out. Sorry, yep. this is long winded. No, I love it. We, we get out because they let because us. of a number of yeah. different conditions. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, very mindfully. Yeah. He, he said, I feel this would be a great opportunity to get on foot and walk with the giraffes mm. based on all the other things. At the yeah. Moment. So we got on foot. Yeah. And I'll let you. Beautiful. Well, please chime in. Cause like I said, we all have different views and it's so beautiful, but we get on foot and we just like go and be in their presence without any barriers. Like we're not in a, we're not in the safety of a car. Like we're just there. We're on the same ground that they're on. We're so close to them and we're just taking it all in and there's babies and there's mothers, there's fathers, like it's everything. And they're just existing and being large and in charge on their own. So to wrap up the giraffe and tell them about when they run. Oh my gosh. And so we're getting closer and eventually like, so they tend to mingle with zebras we noticed. Mm -hmm. And so basically because like the giraffe is tall, they can see the, you know, they can see far and wide they'll kind of alert. So the zebras feel con- like comfortable in their presence and vice versa. The zebras are very, like very alert. So if they move, the giraffes go too. they kind of work together um, against their predators. And so we're walking closer and they're just kind of getting a little uncomfortable. They're like, okay, these people are getting a little close to us. We're going to just move. We're going to go somewhere else. And I swear 15 to 20 of them just start running, but it's like slow-mo. It is like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love when they so, mimic too, because they're so in tune <laughs> with the animals, but it is just the slowest trot. And we're just watching like, oh my gosh, what is happening before us? And even Andrea, like I got him on video because he was just smiling mm-hmm. ear to ear, like just as like, again, he sees this stuff all the time, but to experience it in a new way every time is so incredible to witness. Mm-hmm. And so that was even a lesson on its own, but the giraffes. Yeah, definitely taught me a lot. Um, one of the biggest things was just the taking up space. So they're huge. They're like the largest animal, the tallest animal. And so for them to, you know, they just like, are like, here, I'm here. This is my space. And just to like, kind of embody that. And there's something magical too, about the, the way that they can see so far the bigger Mm. picture Mm. and meanwhile like come to the present moment so it's like their ability to like go back and forth between like I've got the big picture and now I'm going to like go down to eat and be good you know and like stay here and so it's just check in back and forth that was so incredible too Mm, that's beautiful and and with the taking up space Mm -hmm. and you're 
does that have to do with boundaries as well? Like how did like how does that feel for you when you say like take up space? What does that mean for you? Well, I think boundaries are definitely a piece to that. In my sense, it's more just like um it's just coming to self and expressing myself. And I have been challenged by that in the past few years. So to like receive that message, let them let them send me that message was super powerful. And honestly, just the fact that I'm sitting here today, like I'm blowing my own mind. And awesome. so it's sitting here, not only just sitting here, but just sitting here comfortably. I'm like, who, like I'm becoming like, this is it. And so gosh, there's so much to unpack on this, from this trip that feels like the littlest to unpack. So that's, <laughs> Oh, wow. That is, that's what we call a little teaser folks. (laughs) So the, all the animals taught us some, taught me so much, but the giraffe was definitely like, it wanted to start my trip with that there. It was like, become this, like take up space, like be yourself, voice what you feel, like listen to your heart, like speak through that. And so, you know, not being afraid to do that. And so I just feel like I'm going to leave it at that because I could go down the whole list of animals, mm-hmm. even to the Impala that were right. everywhere. Yeah, right. Impala. Impala. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Mo, what about you? Um, well, there's a couple. I really wanted to see the elephant. Same, same with Peyton. Just, you know, their, their sense of loyalty, their sense of, you know, um, loyalty is a big thing for me and that, you know, if, if, um, they'll stay by an, an injured one of their herd until, you know, they pass and, you know, just, they're they're just beautiful animals for being so big and and powerful. They really are just so tender and, and sweet. And so elephant was one for sure. Lions, just because they were lions and, you know, it was just, you had to see a lion. Um, couple funny things we were talking about, we were talking about this that night and, you know, talking about what we wanted to see. And for some reason, I really, I just expressed like, Hey, I really don't care if I see a Buffalo, like it is not on my radar. I really could care less if we see the Buffalo, which came out kind of like, I don't know, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> and, and so it was just, this ended up being this funny joke. Guess who was the only one that didn't see a Buffalo? Oh gosh. These two saw the buffalo. I did not see the how buffalo. Did, yeah, you have to how did that this. happen? Yes. I was actually <laughs> getting amazing. a treatment. Mm-hmm. And um, and so outside of her treatment room mm-hmm. stood two buffalo. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this mm-hmm. animal's here to teach her something. Yeah. And what it taught me was be careful what you put out in the universe because the universe is listening. And mm-hmm. so guess who didn't see the buffalo? Hell. Wow. And, uh, Hell yeah. And Isn't that she, crazy? And you probably came out 10, less than 10 minutes later. Yeah. yeah. And we and, could never find them. Like mm-hmm. we thought they were going to be up further. It's not like they're running around no, either. Yeah. They're crazy. Yeah. So that was really impactful mm-hmm. and just like, okay, you just watch your words, you know, really be intentional about what you put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then a couple, a couple other animals that were just really significant for me. One is a surprise and that's the hyena. And, um, I realized I have a lot of my, um, judgment and, um, you know, feelings about the animals come from the lion King (laughs) and just like how ridiculous that I have taken this depiction 
and made it reality. Well, what you know, other reference I, I know, do you have? I know, I know. And so, um, but what I loved is that, you know what? The hyena is just being a hyena. It doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It's just being a hyena. Like their job is to be the scavengers and to be the cleanup and to, you know, they're just being a hyena. And so they're not mean. They're not, it's just their job. And so that was really significant for me. Um, so I really, we came across a, a little a family of hyenas with um, just cutest cubs that literally came up to the, to the um, car and wanted to get in with us again. You know, okay. I mean, they were just right mm-hmm. at the car, precious. Um, and so that, that was significant. And then the other one, sorry, it's like, there's so many, I mean, there's so many, yeah, so, yeah. No apologies. but was um, the leopard. And um, we saw a mom, uh, a mama leopard the first, second night, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then we found the, the mom and a dad and a cub and watching their interaction was so awesome. Um, so the, they, the dad had obviously just captured and, and, um, and gotten an Impala. And so we had, we were kind of around on the other focal point and, <laughs> all you could see were these Impala legs, like up in the air. Like it was, it was, Peyton said it was like something out of Fargo, you know, all you saw were were these legs, you know, and it looked like almost like a mannequin, you know, they were Mm -hmm. stiff. And, and I was like, oh my God, like he is just devouring, you know? So we were able to move the car around. So you had a better vision of, of him just chowing down on this. You could hear it, the bones. It was like, you know, you could hear it cracking the bones and stuff. But the cub was hilarious because he would kind of try to maneuver out on the limb and then like try to stick his paw down and he would stick his paw down and get a little too close. And the dad was like, and he he was like, oh, you know, and then he would would retreat and then he'd try a different Mm -hmm. direction. And then he was like trying to lick just a little bit. And every time the, the, the dad would just like, he would put him in his place and it's like, it's not your time yet. And then so when he was done, he covered up the Impala with, with sand. And then the, it was the mom's turn and the mom was eating. And then baby cub was like, Oh, I got this. Like the mom was going to, mom was going to let me in on this one. And so sure enough, he's sneaking up there, you know, same thing. The mom was like, it's not your turn yet. And so that was just, I don't know, just to get to witness all of that was just really cool. Really, really cool. So, um, I think my biggest takeaway what, though was like, what do you put out in the universe? Mm-hmm. Like really be careful because it, you know, it's listening. So mm-hmm. that was my biggest takeaway, but surprised about the hyena and then just really loved watching the, the leopards. So I, I love the little part about the leopard too. You know, we're coming in on the Jeep and the mom's watching mm-hmm. the cub and the cub goes and climbs the tree, which was really cool mm-hmm. to see because it's mm-hmm. like learning, right? And it gets up. And, and then all of a sudden it's mom, Jeep, and cub. And mm. I'm, I got a little, mm-hmm. I got a little nervous, yeah, like, is mom going to come? Yeah. But mom just trusted. Mm-hmm. Mom trusted her cub. Like, you that got cub this. knows what to do. Mm-hmm. You got this, buddy. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool to see. Yeah, it was. She was Ooh, so that's... poised yeah. and watching, yeah. like, Got this, buddy. Yeah. We're good. Mm-hmm. And and having two children who just mm-hmm. graduated high school, Maureen yeah. and I are our oldest just graduated. For me, it was that reminder, like, got this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the universe has. Them. Yeah. Your hyena story really resonates with me. When I was there, we were doing, we were in this practice, kind of set into a meditation. And I forget exactly how it got prompted, but it was like, what's the first animal that comes to mind? And for me, it was hyena. Mm -hmm. Son of a bitch. Right. Like, I didn't want it to be the hyena, but that's what came. Mm -hmm. And as I started to work with it more and just understanding what a badass the Total hyena badass. is at yeah. its size, how they work together. Number two yeah. on the food chain. Think about that. Beautiful. After yeah. the lion. Yeah. You know, yeah. Beautiful. And their coat, yeah, they are beautiful. The, the coat beautiful. was way more just, I don't know. I, it, I imagine it to be scruffy or something, but they, it was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, um, the and, architecture of their den. Oh, okay. the oh, the architecture. Like, look how beautiful they styled their den. The front was door so, was gorgeous. Like, architectural digest needs <laughs> to come look at this. Like, it, it really was. was. Yeah, it was so pretty. So anyway, that, I mean, that just blew me away. So same, mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm like, why am I so drawn to the hyena? You know, wanting it to be something else, but I really was moved by them. And they came so close to us so mm -hmm. many times, like with, again, such confidence, these animals just, yeah, mm -hmm. embody such confidence. And yeah, we had a few encounters where they just walked by us and they would look up at us, mm -hmm. keep walking. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I, and we just didn't really yeah. feel like that, like, oh shit feeling. Mm -hmm. We were just like, wow, look at it. So powerful. Like we just took it in. Mm -hmm. We're just going to take this in. And, and we also had Andrea, one of the trackers who Remind me if I get this incorrect. Oh, what he would say, say this. Was, yeah. Not to worry. Just enjoy. Yeah. I would always, just we enjoy. had, we had this thing where I would be like, all right, Andrea, how's this? What's this like? Like the line, you know, lines coming kind of close, but not in like a, I'm scared way. I'm just like, is this normal? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, first yeah, time like, here, give me the, give you're me the, good. Yeah, yeah. The 411 here. Yeah. Yeah. What's the 411? He'd play, he'd be like, please don't worry. Just enjoy. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, mm, God, that's, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's one to live by for mm -hmm. sure. He just wanted us to soak it in. Mm -hmm. He's like, we're so close to them. Just enjoy it. That's the beauty of being on that, that land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I want to talk about Africa. You know, what is it that is unique about being there? What, what is, it's obviously not here. So what is it when you step on that land that makes it unique? Oh, stillness. <laughs> yeah. Stillness and yeah. the vastness. Yeah. And I felt too, like, um, as a comparative, you know, how like Arizona is kind of mystical, like Tucson and, you know, all those, uh, Sedona, you know, has a mystical feeling, um, that was really present at Londolozzi. Mm -hmm. Like you could just feel that the land was telling you something. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that part was really cool. And the Vardy family, they've mm. done so much to to restore and protect the land, you feel that. You feel like the love and 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 effort they've put into it to mm -hmm. to protect these beautiful animals, to protect this ancient way of life. Um, so, you know, with their love of the land and the animals, like you feel that passion mm -hmm. in their restoration mm -hmm. of the land. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, in Boyd's book, he talks about it, but the 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 whole intention when they were trying to figure out when his dad and his uncle were trying to figure out what to do with the land. Cause it was inherited by, you know, when their father passed away and they didn't know what to do with it. And everybody told them to sell it. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to sell it, but they were struggling because it was 
overrun with just it was it was out 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 of kind of uh, good uh, struggling with the words. But well, it was, Mr. Vardy was it, seventeen years old. It was, in, it was old. rough shape. Well, right, they were fifteen mm-hmm. and seventeen year old boys. Yeah, and so what they did, you know, a guy came in. He said, "You need a partner." the land. So the mm-hmm. la- we don't need to do anything except what does the land want in all these different areas and just support that. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. sounds like you feel all of that. Like you're there. You're welcome there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel like your world. For me, it didn't feel like my world. It felt like I was stepping into their world, even though it's our world. And I think maybe that's part of the, the shift when you really feel connected to all is you feel like it's your world too. But when I was there, I definitely felt that they're doing, they've done such an amazing job, the animals Mm -hmm. of being who they are Mm -hmm. and uh, accepting us Mm -hmm. being there that you get to witness them in their natural state. Mm -hmm. That, that, that's what came up for me too. Sorry. But when you were saying like this, it was definitely the stillness, a lot of that and just, what you were kind of saying is like the, having that respect mm-hmm. for their land and just watching them move throughout and like the trust that they had, the safety that they felt, the security, like you kind of become one with them mm-hmm. in that sense where it's like, I understand it like not feeling like your land. Cause you're like, you're not going for a walk down the road unless the land cruiser is following you. Um, but there was that, that aspect of just res- having respect for them. And then, in doing that, you were able to learn so much. I was able to learn so much from them. And, and but, the trackers are so respectful right. that if so they respectful. see the animals getting irritated by your presence, they leave. They're like, this, this mm-hmm. is their yeah. land. Mm-hmm. Or like respect it. giving them their path. Like we would move. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, they, they're so in tune with these animals that they're like, this is the elephant's path. We're going to move back like a foot mm-hmm. to let it walk right in front of us. Like just moments mm-hmm. like that where we're like, they would move like an inch, but they knew that that's all that elephant needed to move through feeling comfortable. So just attuning to, to these animals tell becoming me, a part of their world. Tell me, well, tell me about the, the silent game drives. What was what, Maureen, what was that like to mm-hmm. go? Cause I know for me, when I'm in the car, I'll be listening right. to a podcast mm-hmm. or music or something, right. but that's, it's a different experience. Yeah. Um, and interesting that you say that. Cause you know, first ride, I'm like, Oh, this would be so we need a playlist, you know? I mean, bringing, bringing that kind of American noise, noise to the situation. It was like, Oh yeah, we, we, God, that, that bow could have really put together, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. And then second day, you know, it was just like the stillness and the quiet was actually, I have realized how much I was craving that, you know, as busy as we are and just we fill our time with noise. And, um, so I, I think there was just so much power in that. And, um, you know, there were moments when we all had questions and, and, you know, it was like, we saved it up to the very end when we came back and then they turned off the car and we're all like, like, what about this? And what about this? And did they do this because of this? And so we, we like, you know, threw out all these questions to them. And, um, but, the stillness and the quiet just really allowed you um, to notice the little things mm-hmm. and to take in those um, those things that you might miss. Um, for instance, um, one time Peyton, we were we were um, about to leave, and Peyton's like, "Maybe it wasn't the quiet drive. 
Was that the quiet giraffe? I don't know. But she waved and the little giraffe's ear went back at us. It was. Yeah. Yeah. We all looked at each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so just, and you know, you noticed the way that the elephants picked up their, um, the grass and they would do this thing where they'd go and then they'd put it in their mouths and, what I forgot why were they, they were getting to knock off the sand, knock yeah. off the sand to because, protect their teeth. Yes. To protect. They have three sets of teeth over mm-hmm. the lifetime. Yeah. What it is? And so they, like they were teeth. shaking the sand out of the grass, you know? So just, it just allowed you to kind of tune into all the little yeah. things. And so. right. The heightened senses, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. The, to notice what you notice to, um, listen to the birds mm-hmm. because a certain bird may alert you to what animal is near. Mm-hmm. And then when you could really feel like the, vibration. You may not even actually hear, but mm-hmm. you, you could feel that mm-hmm. in that stillness. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of like just your senses just being so heightened yeah. in that quiet time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to hear some more magical moments. Um, I'll, I'll dive in. Yeah. So what was very interesting to me, um, so we had gone on a few game drives and we sat in circle. Um, Boyd and Bronwyn and a couple of other incredible facilitators, Aviv and Amanda, and um, they were checking in with us. And I said, well, I am having a bit of a hard time because for me, it was really hard for me not to get out of the Jeep Mm. and go walk. Mm. I would want to go here. I'd want to go there. So for me, in my past, when, when things get stressful or when I get pressed, I, I run. And the woods have always been a safe haven for me. So like as a child, when, when things felt too much, go to the woods, go for a walk, go out in the woods, climb a tree. Like that was my coping strategy for years. I'm a runner. Go. And all of a sudden, what used to be safe for me is not safe. Talk about a pattern interrupt. So I'm like, shit, now what do I do? I can't, I can't just go. Like I can't run. Like this is not safe. So I was feeling this, um, gosh, like this, like, like I'm wanting to go out and go here and I can't. I'm wanting to go run and process or do whatever. And I can't, and I had to sit with it. And Bronwyn gave me a mantra. Sit with it, sit with it, sit with it. So all those feelings as they're arising, I just want you to sit with it. So for me, that was huge. And I felt that immediately. So this is kind of what I dove into. And one day we had an opportunity to track with Boyd. We're on foot, which is it changes the game when you're out of the Jeep, which the animals know is safe in your own foot, different changes the ball game. Mm-hmm. Apparently you're back in the food chain. Yes. Yeah. And, um, so we're on foot. We have Boyd and Andrea and Sersant. And Boyd says, do not run. If you run, I cannot help you. Mm. And I'm just like, Oh, Jeez. Like if I run, I cannot help myself. Like I can't sit with it. I can't, I can't process what I'm feeling. Like, wow. 
so that was huge for me. Huge. How can I, even yesterday something came up when I was back home and I wanted just to go. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go be outside. And I stopped myself. I'm like, you just sit with it, sit with it, sit with it, talk it out, process, don't run. So for me, that was probably the biggest lesson that the land at Lundalundi had to teach me. Beautiful. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Coping strategies are just shot right You're now. like, I had that one locked in. <laughs> that was so good. Yes. I was so good at that I one. Know. And wow. Mm-hmm. I'm almost 47 years old. And what a gift. Mm-hmm. Awesome. How about you, Lens? What? Just like, like, yeah, no, like this, what, like a Mm. magical, like something where you're just like, you know, you had these ideas about what a trip to South Africa would be and Mm -hmm. it's never what you think because you have no context for it. So you're there Mm. and you're just like blown away by something. Mm -hmm. It was just a magic that happened, unfolded in front of you and you were able to be with it. Well, as I said earlier, my theme was to take up space and to take up space means being myself, which I have suppressed for a long time. Who knows how long really like could be my whole life. Um, but it's just, it's, um, it's appearing in different ways as I grow through my different seasons. So right now it has felt, or before it has felt, um, like constricting who I am and like not saying what is coming to mind out of fear of sounding, um, out of fear of it being unimportant or disrupting the pattern that's going on before me. Like, so just kind of keeping everything to myself and just not expressing, um, or like avoiding events because that felt like too much, but it's like, why did it feel like too much? Like, what was I, I was like fearing being myself and like what that would come across like. And which I'm pretty fucking awesome. So I'm like, yes. what the hell, what has Absolutely. happened? <laughs> So, um, stepping, clearly stepping into this cause it feels right. And so I, gosh, that's such a loaded question. I'm like, go wherever so you want much. with it. So because that's been, that was a theme for me and an intention that I had set was just like to like find my footing and like be there, be there fully express myself fully, like step into my potential and like all of that. Um, and I'm on my journey right now too. So I am like, this is part of my, what's in my stars right now for me is like stepping into this. And this process is important. Like I am not here to bypass it. I'm here to feel it fully. And so the sit with it, the end of the sit with it quote says, okay, I'll read it. I brought it. Yeah. Let's, Cause that's what me. just came to mind to me. Nice. The last line. Sit with it. Sit with it. Sit with it. Sit with it, even though you want to run, even when it's heavy and difficult, even though you're not quite sure mm. of the way through, feeling happens by feeling. So that's where I am right now. So <laughs> it um to be there and have that intention was such a big deal for me because I don't just make intentions. Like I don't say what I think people will want me to say, I actually just won't say anything at all. So to create that intention for myself was like, I was ready 
to, to take that on and to dive into like the parts of me that were feeling stuck to like move through that. And so we did a few different modalities, like Peyton had said with body work. And the first one that I had was, um, we did the sound frequency with the biophony machine. And so, um, a lot of fear and resistance came up for me at the beginning of that. And so mind you, this whole retreat idea, I was completely (laughs) resistant and fearful of. The yes. retreat part of it, yes. not, yeah. not, the, not the game drives. No, they, I feel like this is important. Like a mini retreat for us. It yeah. Is. And yeah. then, so again, at lunch, something just came out of your mouth, kind of like. About the cold plunge? <laughs> that and your resistance retreat. Part. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Come they were meeting with us on our, maybe our first day. Like, so we're going to start diving into the retreat now. And. I'm sitting there like, oh, sure. Like I was we're right. a couple of days in. I was like, maybe they forgot and right. just get to do the fun <laughs> shit. All I'm the like, time. I just I literally said that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just want just, it to be light. Mm-hmm. I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm on vacation. I am nervous mm-hmm. that I am it's going to pull me into this like war the work. I don't want to mm-hmm. go to the work. And mm-hmm. so I I voiced what was on my heart, and that was really important for me in my process. And they were very clear. This is we're not pulling you into something dark. If something dark is there, it might come up or something heavy more so. And so it was, you know, I just needed like the lay of the land. Like where, what are we doing right now? And so I've been at retreats. So it's like, it just, I had a vision and it was being a little interrupted. So I asked my questions and my questions were responded to. And my biggest fear was the cold plunge really. So (laughs) I think we were good. Yes. And so, um, so that's what part of it, that's what this body work was, um, part of was the retreat aspect. So gosh, I, I got to reel this in. So you're good, you're good. I had a lot of resistance with the biophony machine and, um, we had an eye mask on and then we had headphones on just like this. And we were wrapped in this little cocoon. They called it. It was beautiful. And, um, when it started, I felt like I was spinning. I was like, I'm dizzy. I'm going to fall over, but I'm already down. So what's going to happen? And Mm -hmm. I like started getting anxious and I'm like, just come back to your breath. You're good. I'm like, just come at your safe. You're, you create your own safety. You're good. And so I just like came back to my breath. I had the eye mask on and I even opened my eyes underneath it. I'm like, close your eyes. Just like, let it take you, like, let it do what it could possibly do. And so that was honestly like, there had so many breakthroughs, but even just like staying in that moment, it was sound. It was the sound of a beautiful brook streaming with water. But for that, for me to feel so much resistance around that was like, whoa. What's, like, your, what's your middle name? Brooke. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the most beautiful part of it for mm-hmm. me. I, I felt so serene. And so I feel like that was a huge moment for me because I was a lot in my head. And then after she's like, we're going to get you in your body. And so that's kind of where I'm going with it is that they realized and attuned to me that I spend a lot of time in my head and spending a lot of time in my head doesn't allow or make space for me to be because I'm analyzing my every move, my every sentence, my every what's next. And so the focus there was to get me in my body moving forward. And that was the game changer for me was to like, feel it all. It's so much deeper, but, um, then moving forward, it's like we had our silent drives and 
we came, um, we we're out and about. And it's just mm-hmm. like to, to be able to like use them, those modalities to open us up mm-hmm. and to feel everything so much more deeply, which it makes me chuckle now because I didn't want to do the retreat. And if I didn't do the retreat, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be who I am in this moment. There's so much more. It's so hard to talk about feeling in your body. Do you mind sharing what happened when the elephant mm-hmm. came? When oh, you were sitting on oh the top of the Jeep and the elephant, it was, we were on a silent drive. Oh, oh. Yeah, it was wild. So that was after our opening ceremony because mm-hmm. we were all kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, we set our intentions. That was quite emotional to like speak that into existence. So we head out on our very first silent drive because we had two days of just sinking in is what they like to say. And so we head out on our silent drive. We're like 45 seconds out, mm-hmm. like very soon. And was that our first elephant encounter? I don't think so. It wasn't? No. Yeah. Okay, we saw them the day yeah, before. We did. Or that morning. Okay. Yeah. So. We're heading out and there's an elephant. I think it's like a bull, a uh, bull male. Do they call them bulls? Elephant? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a male elephant. And so, you know, just really taking up his space and he's over there in the bush. So we just park on the road. And then as he's starting to come over, we're like, oh, we're kind of in this path. We're going to back up on the ridge a little bit. And it comes over, comes over. And I'm on the third row. Like, again, there's no one behind me. So it's like, it's just me. And it comes over and it's walking and it turns it's head to us and it goes, oh, and it like flares its ears out and my whole body, like I had the, the most intense visceral reaction where I saw what I saw and I felt what I felt and I turned around and I had the biggest ugly cry face. Mm-hmm. It was like it released something for me. It was like, it was like, what more do you need? look at me taking up space. It was like, look at this. And so it was so, I cried the whole trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I, you know, we were just cruising around and I would tear up like, oh my God, I think it just dissipated something in me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I just, it gave and I received and we're good, you know? So it's like a, it was such a crazy experience of it. Just like, oh, and I was like, oh my gosh. And you know, I feel like if I reached, I could have touched it. Mm-hmm. Like it was, yeah. it was right behind. It right was behind. like, yeah. if it's trunk went out, it would have touched Yeah, me. We're in an open air Jeep. Yeah. yeah. There's no like so, roof windows, anything. So yeah, that's a good point. So hopefully that wasn't too much of a tangent, but no. it then, was, and then so you had powerful. a lot of clarity on that mm-hmm. drive after that. Yeah. So it, it released that. And then you, yeah. you had some I really did. clear moments mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Some things popped up in my biophony and was that the same day? <laughs> we so that's, never that's one knew. of the things that they talk about is that, that you lose track warp. of time. It's a time warp yeah. I mean, with the time change. And then we're up at five and, you know, we two drives a day. So you really kind of lose track of what day is it? Time and day, you're, week, so month. Present. Mm-hmm. you're so present so with present. what you're doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It just, there's yeah. no tracking of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I loved when I talked to you when you got back mm-hmm. and, um, not that you're big on Instagram or anything like that, but it's a perfect Instagram moment to get these pictures. And you you said, I, no. I, I was not called at all Mm-mm. to no. post anything, do anything. It was my text anyone, my ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. And it still is. And it's these photos that I, these photos and videos that I took are so special to me because mm-hmm. they're part of my transformation. And so I'm holding them so close because I'm like, these are right now, these are mine mm-hmm. and that's it. And so for me to even honor that is just such a different space than I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, receiving texts from my friends checking in. I'm so grateful that they remember that I was returning right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, like I didn't want to respond. And then I'm like, you can set a boundary with love. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for thinking of me and reaching out. I'm taking the next few days to myself. I'm plugged. And it has felt so good. So good to like not explain myself, to not, um, yeah, just to honor where I'm at. And in, in knowing that yeah. um, is why it means so much for me to have you on here today because mm-hmm. I know how special yeah. this ceremony has been for me for you to come and share so yeah. so authentically and vulnerably means a lot. Oh, it's no. going to help so many people oh, yeah. shake I mean, them out of those stuck areas. Yeah. And it's, you know, like I had said, this is like, this is the season that I'm in, like, and I'm just riding it out. I'm riding it out. I'm like starting to do the things that feel good for me and really just focus on that. Right. It's like, we talk about that next best, best track, um, at Londolozzi. They're really, that's like their motto. Wait, how does their motto go? Like, we don't, I, I, we know I, where we're going, but I, we don't know how to get there. I don't know where I'm going, but I know exactly. How okay. To get there. It's flipped. So it's, it's that for me right now. It's like, I'm not sure where I am going to end up. I'm not sure where or who I am becoming, but like, I'm just going to keep going. Like, I'm going to go here. And then if that doesn't feel any, feel good anymore, I'm going to go here. Like, so just kind of keeping like that as the focus and not putting that pressure on myself to figure it out. Yeah. So a a few things come up for me here. So for those of you who don't know, Lindsay and I have worked together for the past year and she's done a, a ton for me and for Peyton one of the things that she does is she manages the podcast. And so she's Mm -hmm. heard me, unfortunately, she has to listen to all of them, Mm -hmm. but she's heard me talk about all these things. And so I'm wondering like if, if you're going to receive that message differently. Yeah, I have already. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about on the way here. I'm like, wow, all of this is landing. Like I was like starting to replay like certain messages that I've Mm -hmm. received throughout listening to all of the podcasts you know, as I make all the show notes and edits and stuff. And yeah, it was already landing where I was like, yeah, got it. Cause it sounds good and it sounds right, but it's like, it's different when it feels it. Yes. Yes. So, Beautiful. Exactly. But I've, I've had the I same experience. Just, yeah. I love that you just brought that up. Cause I literally thought about that today mm-hmm. where I was like, all of that is landing. And like, I'm just so excited for what's to come because I'm like the more like now my work moving forward with you is just it's just going to be such a game changer because I'm like, got it. Yes. Got and, it. And, and what we were sharing, you know, Lindsay and I had an amazing conversation. Um, was it Friday? I guess it was Friday. So a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's yesterday. important, but, um, and you, you know, there was some tension around, am I going to, am I going to be able to take everything I learned yeah. at Londolozzi back and, and, for anyone who's had a transformational experience like that, and I, I know a handful of my listeners have been on plant medicine journeys. It's a very similar type of experience where you have all this awareness and you have all these experiences and just all this knowing come in. You want to journal about it so you don't forget it. Mm-hmm. But what, what ends up happening is now when you listen to podcasts, right, or mine, or you're reading a book, they start to fall into these really simple categories. And so instead of being 20, 25 different ideas that all sound great, you see this common thread 
and you pick it all up and you integrate it and it all makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And there's no like, cause we, you know, we read these books and they're helpful. And then when we have an experience like you just had the ceremony that you're still in, they have such a different impact on you. And, and then you just, like you said, it's just, it's such a flow mm-hmm. and there's no tension. I, I mean, I just speak from my own experience. I'd read all these books. I'm like, I'm not really fucking remembering anything. <laughs> yeah. I know I don't have great retention, but dude, like some of it. Mm-hmm. And then as I started to actually have experiences that cemented it in my being. And so now I just speak about my own experience and it happens mm-hmm. to coincide with some of the things that people write in books and people talk about in podcasts. But that's it. When we, we had that conversation, I think mm-hmm. you really received that. And, and that's, I think such a, a, a great reminder that we all know this. It just needs to be awoken. Yes. Yeah. And that's, you've been in this process for, a while. And then the, mm-hmm. I feel like the ceremony of Londolozzi, just from where I sit, put you into this period, which, which Boyd calls in his Beck change cycle, the meltdown. Yeah. And you're in this place and it's not like a psychotic break meltdown, but it's like everything you thought was true is not really true. And it can be terrifying on some level and it can be disheartening and it can be like, well, what am I if I, all these things I believed aren't true. Yeah. As you sit with it, sit with it more, you get to create, what is the reality I want? What do I, what do I know to be true mm-hmm. through my experience, not through something that I was told by society and all the different pieces there, but you're, I just love that you, you came back in such a different energy that wasn't, woohoo, I just got back from this trip and excited and, and you had shared with me that you, you felt it was weird. You know that you were doing the right thing, but like, how, how do I integrate? How do I integrate? And that's, that's what you're in the process mm-hmm. of. And you're, what I've loved is you haven't faked it. You stayed in the energy that you're in. Like mm-hmm. you're still deep in ceremony. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, my hope when I asked for the three of you to come on and then when we had our conversation, Lindsay, was that this was going to help that integration for you to be able to speak it. Yeah. Cause there's an importance in, putting it out there and, and, and really working, working it out that just for me as a podcast host, it's really helped me through my own personal work because I've had to get really clear about what I'm trying to say, Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to feel. And I don't always get it right, but it's like a deep practice of Mm -hmm. getting really clear about me. So I'm hoping that today is, is, is opening that up for you. It already feels that way. So it's surprising me in that level because well, I will also speak to that meltdown phase because I know that I talked to Boyd when he was here about that. And I, I was very much in the, I don't know, and that's okay. And still embodying that, like the, it's okay. that like, I don't know. Um, but I definitely, certainly 100% feel in the meltdown phase right now. I feel like the fear that I've been carrying that have may have been passed down that I have picked up whatever it is, like it is truly melting off of me. And even to the point where like yesterday or the day before, when you said, when you had said, Peyton, Cal wants to podcast with us. And it's like, my programmed thought was to be nervous. And so I said that, but I haven't really felt nervous. And so I was really like 
really trying to just, it's okay to not feel nervous about this. And so really trying to have that conversation with myself that like, it's okay to wonder why you're not nervous, but it's also okay to just to not be nervous. And so to actually go in that direction was huge for me. I still can't believe I'm sitting here in my head. I'm just like, what am I doing? Um, because it is so new for me. It is so different. And it's something that, you know, I'm 28. It's something that I have lived with for a long time. And so not as long as you, (laughs) (laughs) um, but to me a long time. So yeah, that was to answer, you know, to like kind of piggyback on your meltdown phase. I'm like, I'm in it. And it is, I'm going to view it as something that's like really exciting, you know, because I'm like, how exciting that I get to witness myself in that way. Like take myself out of it and just be like, girlfriend, look at you go. Look at you go. You're doing it. You're doing the thing. You're again, this is such great medicine for everybody listening. It's it's I'm so grateful that you're (laughs) sharing so openly because I know that it's very personal. Yeah. You know, but it's it's important for people to hear this for their own, you know, their own healing and their own, you know, to give them that little pat, give them permission. Like this is what's on the other side. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And Mo. Yeah. I need some magic yeah. from you. I know oh, you got boy. plenty of magic. I have so much magic. <laughs> so much. It's hard to. It's a bunch of witches. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to put it, you know, into words, but. I'm going to, I am going to piggyback off what you just said in terms of being on the other side, because that was something that was really significant to me. Um, we did a little tarot card, um, um, you know, I don't know what you call it, ceremony or whatever. And, and we all pulled our things and, and I received the fairy wren, um, but this this message from the from the fairy wren was really significant in terms of this the complete journey of of how I got to here, and so I just want to share it. Only when you reach the other side will you look back and see the poetry and perfection of how the path unfolds. And when I when I sit with that, and I follow the journey and the path to here, it's super, um, it's a little bit overwhelming. Like it really truly is just a little bit much to put into words. And for, for me, that is, it started eight years ago. It started eight years ago when I listened to myself and I had the confidence to do something scary. Um, and it was a dream and it was a goal and it was something that I would rather do and fail than look back when I was old and say, I always wanted to do that, but I didn't. Um, and so about eight years ago was when I opened Redbird and, um, um, tell people what Redbird is. It was, um, a woman's boutique here in Austin, um, that was a lot of fun and a lot, you know, successful. And I met so many people that, that, you know, came into my life for a reason. And I was one of them. Yes. And I, I, I have often said that Peyton is one of the biggest gifts of Redbird. And, uh, so without 
taking that step into the unknown without trusting myself that I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I knew I could figure it out. Um, I would never have met Peyton. Um, and so, you know, just our, the, the way that our friendship has kind of just, just the flow of it, it hasn't been, you know, intense. We haven't had to do everything together. You know, it's just kind of on this, this, this underlying knowing that we're, we've got each other and that we're connected in this way. And, and so just really a beautiful, you know, beautiful in that. Um, so not only was I able to tune into myself and, and really feel from the center that, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. This is, you know, this is, I can do this. Um, fast forward seven years, I was also able to tune into, I'm done with this. I don't need this anymore. This isn't serving me. I want to be with my family. I, I don't want to be stuck up here during COVID when my family's home together. I want to be there. So to have the confidence to say, this has served me in the way it was supposed to and I'm done and to walk away from that was really big. Um, but the walking away from it gave me the time and the freedom to go to Londolozzi. Mm. And so being on the other side of that experience and looking back eight years and realizing, you know, it was set into motion eight years ago when I met Peyton. And so that is just so magical to me. And, um, you know, I'm just really grateful to have the awareness that, that it was already written and that to just be able to, to be in it and, and to take the next step, to follow the next track, to listen to myself. Um, it's really opened up a lot of, um, knowing about myself that I already, that I was suppressing, you know, that I, that I really, um, kind of would always be like, that can't be like, I, you know, I didn't really see that in my mind before it happened. Or I, you know, all of the things that, that Londa Lozzi has kind of brought me, brought to the surface for me, I'm just grateful for, and to be on that other side of that path and being able to look back it's pretty spectacular. So that's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I wonder, you know, as, as you go forward, is there something like, where do you feel like there's been a shift for you since you've been home mm -hmm. where again, back to you saying yes to this trip, but not without right. trying to tuck yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. Have you felt that resistance melt completely away a little bit away is there has there been anything that's happened in the last couple of days where you're just like fuck it I'm doing that or I'm not doing that mm -hmm. not necessarily um in that way but really just being present with conversation and really responding based on um you know my center and my my knowing and kind of um you know helping the flow of the conversation to get the most out of it for everyone. Um, and so just really kind of, I don't know, sitting with that and letting all of that soak in has been really, really powerful. Um, and the, one of the other things that it said in that message was, um, dream big, but don't, 
think big, but don't think too long. And that, yeah. (laughs) And, and that has been really significant to me because I mean, I can, I can overthink like a sport. I mean, like I can, I can make it the biggest game and I'm going to win at overthinking, you know? And so that really has, has landed with me, you know, because when I overthink, that's when the anxiety and the worry and the, just the, just the, the, the chatter and the noise that doesn't serve anybody. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's another thing is just kind of, um, I have those big dreams. It, you don't have to know how you're going to get there or achieve it. It's the one track at a time. Yes. That's yeah. so beautiful. And yeah. You're, yeah, you're just talking about when you get that response in your body, following it yeah. and, and not getting caught in that. It is the chattering mind, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it, it serves a purpose when right. we need to figure some stuff out, like some math equations or mm-hmm. whatever, but, but, but arguably that thing needs to be turned way down right. and us in our, unfortunately in our society, it's bred out of us very young, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, unfortunately, uh, parents telling their kids, don't do this, don't do that, go do this. And it goes against what their intuition is, what yeah. their, their gut tells them. And then certainly the school system right. is, you know, memorize this. Mm-hmm going to get tested on this and it's, it's back. It's, there's not that curiosity. Mm-hmm. And when we get curious about what do I really want mm-hmm. and what do I really not want and start to act on that. And then, as you said, you look back at that path mm-hmm. and what it took to get you to where you are. It's mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Yeah. Magical. Yeah. Really magical. So what do you, what do you all say to someone Give us like a little, um, I want to spend just a few minutes here because I know you each have such strong emotions about the people mm. at Londa Lozi. And so I want to make space for you to just shower them. And like, this is the Londa Lozi sales pitch. <laughs> like, this is like, if you're not, if you, <laughs> by the right. way, if you haven't decided to go by now, you mm-hmm. maybe will never go. <laughs> But let's talk a little bit about the people. And so, uh, mate, Peyton, you've, yeah. you've had a little breather over there. So let's, let's hear what you have to say. Sometimes there are not words for feelings of the heart. And that became very apparent to me, being in company with the beautiful family at London Lindsay. So much. We were to, had a moment, we were at a dinner, and I just started bawling. I mean, ugly cry, snot on the sleeve, just like, just feeling so alive and feeling so much love and so much joy in that moment. And then having Mr. Vardy, Boyd's dad, Boyd and Bronwyn's dad speak. He and his wife spoke like you are right where you need to be in this moment, in this time with these people and trusting that and in the beauty in that. And in the background, it's playing one of my favorite songs and he's just saying, I'm, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And this experience allowed me to come home to myself and honor and respect the beauty 
of my journey in this moment with these people. And that beautiful divine design that you just spoke of, Maureen. Um, I'm going to back up just a teeny bit because one day we were tracking. <laughs> we were learning how to track and we were on foot tracking the elephant and they were teaching us about, you know, think about like the prince and then how like, like their cadence, think about how like wide their stance would be. So how far apart the prints are and think of all these things. And we were marking each track and marking each track. And we went around this huge circle and we come back and I'm like, guys, look at, look at this track. Like, I don't, what, what is this track? It's so beautiful. It's so interesting. And I just, it looked like this beautiful circle and I'm just, I was fascinated by it. <laughs> incredibly, incredibly fascinated by this, this unknown track, you know? And I'm like, meanwhile, we're all back in the car. She is still tracking this still animal, tracking this, this creature, beautiful circle, still tracking. And I'm like, you guys, I don't understand. Like I'm recognizing all the other ones that they've spoken of. It's your son, the tracker circles it. That's a shoe. I'm like, oh, it's a circle. It's so, it's different. And I lifted up my foot <laughs> and it was my shoe. <laughs> and Boyd smiled at me and said, Peyton, you have found yourself. Of course. And of course I just bawled mm-hmm. because all the way to South Africa only to find myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So great. That is. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, it's almost like what Maureen was saying. If you, if you be careful what you, you wish for or don't wish for, if you just open to the experience and I know you going over there, we were open to like whatever happens, it will, it will show up in ways that you can never imagine. And that's why when we project what we think we want to have happen and what experience we want to have given whatever the container is, and we all do it, we're all horrible at predicting what's going to happen. When we let go of that, when we're just present, Mm -hmm. like you were, something as silly as that, Mm -hmm. that could be the most meaningful thing, right? Mm -hmm. And, And it helps to have like Boyd and Bronwyn who see that and they see the humor in it, but they also see the lesson. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's, there's such an, a kind of a beautiful art to that. Yeah. There's no discounting that like that, that, that they didn't, that's insignificant. You know, that there was no discount. Like that was, that was really a really important message and they allowed space for that. It's teaching us at every moment if we pay attention. Yeah. The giraffe you saw, mm-hmm. like the buffalo you didn't see. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so beautiful. So thanks for sharing that, babe. Mm-hmm. It was really neat to, to speak to, you know, if we can receive it, it's there. Because I feel like we got to this point where we were just receiving message after message. Do y'all remember? Mm-hmm. Where we're like, Oh my God, of course that just happened. Oh my God, that's happening. Look at us, just these open mm-hmm. queens, just mm-hmm. like everything come, you know what I mean? We're like ready. And I feel like, you know, I can't really pinpoint the, the things that occurred, but we were just like blown away left and right. And so it was really neat to like experience, like all three of us had been like 
cracked. Mm-hmm. Like it was like together, like we did it together. And so, yeah, just to speak to that point, mm-hmm. I thought that was really special. Tell us more about Londolozzi and the people at Londolozzi and what makes it so mm-hmm. special. Well, I think that's, I cried the most about that, to be honest, leaving there, like leaving the people. They were just so loving. I felt so loved and just important. They cared what you had to say. And they were just, (laughs) (laughs) they, they were just so authentic and what's the opposite of non-judgmental, just open. Like they were just like pure love. Every single one of them. It was wild to witness. And it was just such, it was such, um, the people were such a pivotal, um, part of my experience, Mm -hmm. like maybe the experience because leaving, even like I have Andrea on, (laughs) um, WhatsApp now, cause we're like sending each other voice messages. It's so cute. But even just like leaving Andrea and Sersan, like I just cry. Mm -hmm. I was so sad to leave them. We spent, you know, we spent like six to seven hours a day with them, but they were just, we just laughed. We were just so like in our joy together, like in unison. And so we would have dinners together. Like we spent such present quality time together. And so, yeah, it was the people, it was the people and the animals. It was like the food chain, it was like the people. And then the animals and then the land, like, you know, it was just, they make up Londolozzi. You know. <laughs> That's what sets them apart. What, what came to me too, as you were sharing that, and you said that we laughed together. And my good friend, Adam Rowe, who is, you know, I don't know when this podcast, actually he's, he will have already been on the podcast, but he said the sacred doesn't have to be serious. Mm-hmm. And what you shared in that moment with them was sacred. Yeah. And you were yeah. laughing. Yeah. It doesn't need to be this heavy, sacred energy. Beautiful and fun and joyful and light. It was that. It was that. Mm-hmm. It was just lightness. And I want to hear, I want to hear Maureen's <laughs> take and then also talk about Dan. So do you want to? Oh, well, I, was actually, I, I was actually oh, going to yes. talk about that part, but. Um, I think to be to be in the presence of joy um, happened over and over and over again. So, um, Sersant and Andrea, like they they love what they do beyond measure. Like there's there's nothing in the world that they would rather be doing than than tracking and 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 bringing people along on these experiences, and so their joy was contagious because then all of a sudden we were in this, this car full of joy. Vortex, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I also want to point out something a little sidetracky, but you know, um, Lindsay was talking about how kind and loving these people were, but you are able to receive that and Peyton's able to receive that because that's what you give. Like, you don't just say, hi, how are you? You say, hi, how are you? Good morning. What, what did you do? I'm like the 
the that the kindness that comes from from you guys is just so it's um it's the catalyst it's the thing that then you then all of a sudden you know Kelly is in the vortex and um mm. you know Trevor's in the vortex mm. and Mon is in the vortex and all of a sudden it's this big vortex of love you know and it's just it starts with 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 y'all yes with us with but us. but but I, I'm, I'm always impressed by, um, the way Peyton receives people. And now, now that I know that the way that you receive people, it's just different and, um, and it opens up that opportunity, but the, my moment of appreciating the people was definitely the night that we had dinner. And then we were blessed with the Londolozi choir coming to sing for us and it wasn't, Peyton couldn't quite handle the fact that they were just coming to sing for us. Like she wanted to be up there singing and dancing with them. So Andrea was like, no, no, sit, <laughs> like sit down. She flew out of her seat. <laughs> and, um, but there was an opportunity then at the end when they invited us up to dance with them. And I, I honestly have never felt pure joy like I felt while dancing with them. And, and that was a little bit confusing to me because I absolutely adore my children. I absolutely adore and love my husband. Um, but the, the day that I had my children, there wasn't pure joy because it was tied to expectations of life. And am I going to be a good mother? And oh my God, am I going to keep these kids safe? And what if they get sick? And like all the things that happen in that moment where I, there was joy, but it wasn't pure because it was tied to something else. Um, you know, our wedding day, like, oh my gosh, am I, I going to be able to be a good wife? And, um, you know, forever's a long time. And, you know, all of those things that come into your, in, into your mind that knock you off that path of pure joy, that did not exist in that moment because all there was, was dancing and laughter and the vibration of the drums and the, I mean, mm -hmm. I literally, like my heart felt like it was going to explode. Mm -hmm. um, you know, dance like nobody's watching, like that doesn't even cover it. Like doesn't even come close to the way that we felt mm -hmm. dancing with these people. Um, and, and that was just, they were, it wasn't a performance. Like they were truly giving us that because they wanted to share that with us. And so it just is really emotional when, when, um, you get to be in the vortex of love and of people sharing their joys. So thank you. And I, I love that you brought up that it's a co-creation mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. space. And there's a saying, if you spot it, you got it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. everything that you just shared, Lindsay, is something that you have inside you. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. that's beautiful. I'd love in, in closing here. Oh, we yeah. have so much more yeah, to share. Like, What's your name? Podcast? What? This is a three part. You didn't know? We're, we're, <laughs> we're a little over 140 in. We can, we can go a little bit longer. But, 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 but. I'm giggling because I often tell Cal, I'm like, really? Maybe consider we, like, yeah. like keeping the podcast like a little briefer. Now we know. You see? Yeah. It's not easy. Nope. It's not. Mm -hmm. You start well, going down rabbit right. holes. Might have to have a little reunion at some point. Yeah. yeah. I love that. We'll call it that. Okay. Perfect. How Sorry. about, how about this? The question is, 
what's on the other side of yes? And maybe it's not the trip that you just took, but for the people listening today, for their partners who aren't listening, but hopefully will be listening, what is on the other side of yes on their Londolozi? What awaits them if they, if they answer that call? I'll go. <laughs> um, so what came up for me when I said yes was, like I said, it was kind of, it felt like a no brainer. It felt like a feeling that I was just like, like it was my, literally my heart was like, yes, no thoughts about it. We're going. Um, and I think what I feel like came up for me was possibility. And I'm realizing that with like each major shift in my life that I've experienced, it's been, whether it's like me leaving a job that was like, just wasn't feeling good anymore for me, jumping into my doula work. It's like, it was the possibility in those moments where I just said yes and open to what could be possible for me was the game changer. And just being the Londolozi, like, Typically, I just could imagine myself being like, that's really far away. I've never left the country. Like, and I have actually felt that way before where I'm like, you know, I've thought about traveling internationally and it's brought up fear and um, resistance. But this time it was like, it was the possibility of like, how could this serve in my process right now? And so to answer your question, I think it's like, it's understanding that that there's possibility in every, every thing that we do and allowing that to come through for us. So that was kind of my yes to Londolozi was like, what could be possible for me and being open to that. Hence like the retreat, the resistance and like, what could be possible? Like I kind of kept coming back to that. That's beautiful. And I, and I think kind of tied in with that mm-hmm. is stop like that just resist from trying to project what you want the outcome to be. And I think that's, you each went in with like, I know we're going to be held by this family in this space and whatever is going to happen is going to unfold. Yeah. And so just trusting as Maureen said that the universe, it's got a plan, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just trusting in that whatever is unfolding is, is meant to be. Yeah. 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 Maureen or, or Pay? Um, you know, what came up for me when you asked that was what, what's on the other side of yes for somebody else? The unknown. And just sitting in that and just being open to that is huge because then you're not directing it and you're not trying to create something that isn't coming from a place of knowing you are going into the unknown and, um, you know, there's, there's example after example after example that on our trip came up and we had the complete honor of listening to Andrea's story. And, you know, that was a huge part of his story was that his family and left in the Mozambique in the middle of the night for the unknown, you know, during during a really difficult time in South Africa and they walked two days through, through the bush and it, 
the unknown was there, but the pull from center was bigger than the unknown. And so it allowed them to get to a place where now, you know, he's highly respected ranger and has shared his story, has been part of um, developing um, this philosophy and, and bringing it to other countries like Brazil and in terms of tracking the Jaguar. And so because he said yes to the unknown, his life has become very full and very meaningful. And I think that that's a really hard thing to do a lot of times is just be like, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to, I'm going to let it take me there. So does Boyd say to go without knowing? Is that a, is that a lot yeah, of the same it's, thing? Yeah, go without knowing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where I'm yeah. going, but I know, yeah. I know how to get there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think also with Andrea, as you said earlier, there's nothing else he'd rather do. And so what is mm-hmm. what does that mean for everybody listening today, yeah. everybody here? What would it mean to absolutely love what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily to answer that, but just yeah. to sit with that one. What do you have, baby? You have something you look like you want to read something to us? Um, I happen to write down a quote from Andrea, mm-hmm. so um, I will. But for me, it's that bewilderment, which has the word be wild, mm-hmm. that aliveness. It's like, what can you offer for yourself to feel alive? Like, what is really our meaning here other than experiencing life and all its senses, all its beauty? feel everything like that's the gift we have to be in a human body is to feel alive and so what can you what can you give to yourself to feel that aliveness like that could be maybe anywhere you know for us you know we remembered that being at Mondalozzi um but I think all of us could say we felt so alive Andrea had when he was sharing his story that Maureen was said to go into the unknown, you have to go within. You will always be guided. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else in, in closing that you wanted to share another story or a shout out or, or anything? I just want to give you the space to, if there's anything that feels like it was unsaid besides, I understand that there's a lot that was yeah. unsaid, but yeah anything particular I mean I feel like we didn't get to talk very much about Bronwyn and BG and Amanda and you know they were part of our healing house experience like feel free well I mean I just you know they're 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 so gifted and they are um um so BG is Bronwyn and Boyd's aunt and so gosh that's just a oh really powerful family mm-hmm. potent yes. just like oh my gosh that mm-hmm. runs deep and runs through them like like nothing um so that was just just a really um you felt I felt honored to be you know with Bronwyn and BG and just such gifted and insightful and visionary women um the and beautiful ladies at the healing house who mm-hmm. offered massages and, and Shan, you know, oh. yeah. It, and so 
just being around that was just a gift. And, um, you know, it, it turns out that <laughs> there was a, this weird connection, not weird. Um, I don't know what the word is, but perfect, perfect connection. connection in our opening ceremony that, um, that Bronwyn's, uh, grandmother was her name Maureen and they called her go, go. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, that it, it came out that they had a lot of Maureen's in their family, which I mean, it's not that common of a name, especially here in, in Texas. And I was, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it would be very common in South Africa. And so there was that connection. And then it turns out that they call her Gogo, which is what I call my mom with, with the kids, her grandmother name for the kids. And then, and then it turns out that BG, BJ, her name. So they were asking what my mom's name was. It's Barbara Jean. And B, BG was like, I'm Barbara Jane. And like the, it, this, the whole, and you know, it's those moments where you're like, oh, that's a, that could be a considered a coincidence, but it was during the opening ceremony. So I think it just, all of that just kind of lit us up and, mm-hmm. and kind of, um, you know, Bronwyn would say we're making soup, you know? And, and so it was like, it was put into the soup and it was stirring and it was boiling and, and everybody felt it. And I just thought that that, you know, it was such a, a great moment. And so just honoring them and, and all that they were able to give to us in mm-hmm. such a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And our sweet friend, Amber, mm-hmm. who is a musician, and we had the pleasure of sitting by the campfire and right, like this could be another whole podcast, mm-hmm. but like our innate and our innate way to process trauma and emotions from our body is singing and chanting and drumming. And, and that was a practice that's so natural for them that I really feel our culture kind of stepped aside from, but, but being in, in, in that space around a fire and sharing stories, right? And then having this, this beautiful woman have a guitar and play songs and writing songs that morning and then playing them for us that evening um, was just beautiful. And what's her last name, just so we Ubar. can... Rhubarb. Mm-hmm. So check, check she her has out. a new mm-hmm. album coming out, yeah. but just, it was, you know, we, we kept saying, and then <laughs> like, that was the theme for the, for the week because, and then we did this and then this, we experienced this and then this happened and then we saw this and then, and then, so what could be for you? And then, I don't know, you tell us. Funny story about, uh, Amber. For those of you who don't know, whenever I have a guest uh, come in to do a podcast, part of the the ritual is they pick out an album and we listen to one side of the album before we drop into the podcast. We get a Polaroid with the album, one for the guests, one for me, for my collection. And so Peyton had texted me. She's like, I really want to buy Amber's album you know, for the podcast or that wasn't even for the podcast. You just wanted to buy it. You just want to buy it. You didn't even know that I was going to ask you to podcast. So I order it. And for those of you astrologers out there, (laughs) we're in currently in Mercury retrograde and the album comes, I open it up and it's Van Morrison. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Okay. That's okay. It'll come in one day. So I ordered another one two days ago. 
to be delivered yesterday. I opened it up and this was Bruce Hornsby in the range. <laughs> yeah. So, so we actually, a little side note, me and my buddies who are into vinyl, we're, we're doing this thing. Where we're buying the rest of Amber's albums to see if we can get one of them. Yeah. And then we're doing basically like roulette where we'll open it up on our Marco Polo app to see what albums we got if we didn't get Amber's. That's weird. So anyway, that's just a little, little, uh, Mercury retrograde (laughs) PSA, Mm -hmm. but. And the album you selected was. Yes. Mumford and Sons, Wilder Mind. Yeah. I get wild. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anything else, ladies? Anything else you need to. To get off your chest. To you, to doing what you do, making these connections, opening doors, bridges. And I loved that too, that you were with us. And Mm -hmm. um, when we were at dinner at the Vardy house, you were, you were honored and toasted and, you know, you were the connector for all of us. And Mm -hmm. so your spontaneity and your ability to say, I'm doing this allowed all of us to say, I want to do that too. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's to the honey badgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honey badgers out. <laughs> You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.